0: We say the word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. And we say the word of God is truth. So today I just wanted to share just a little bit and, and just uh, take a few minutes and talk about speaking the truth. You know, there's a handful of things that we talk about in, in church or things that we, we share, you know, and, and that seem to be the same year in and year out. And and we talk about faith and we talk about Confession, and we talk about meditation, and and a lot of those things. Tonight, I just felt to share, and uh, just a little bit with you about speaking the truth, because I believe that as we as we continue in, you know, and, and walk through 2012, what's on your tongue, what's coming out your mouth is important, because that's going to be the thing that you see in this year. The things that you speak with your mouth, the things that you speak with your tongue, as they come out. See, I think a lot of the times we, we, we believe that we're confessing, but what we're doing is meditating. And it's a three-part thing in Joshua 1.8. It says, meditate the word, speak the word, and act or live or do the word. And as you put all three of those things to practice in your life, you will have good success, it says and goes on. We'll read that at the end. But, it, but I think many times, you know, we're meditating the word. But I, I think sometimes what we think is confession is meditation. That confession, and when it says, speak the word, the, the, you know, we read in the Bible where it says, speak the word, the things that you speak, the things that you say you will have, that, that is a say, speak, that's an action of, of words coming out of your mouth. That we actually move, our tongue moves, it says, you know, and we'll see it in a minute, that really, truly, we have a lot of power in this tongue that's in our mouth. It doesn't have power if it doesn't move. It doesn't have power if we don't open up our mouth. And we're in a battle. We're in a fight. We all are. We always are. It continues on that way. John 10, 10, We know the scripture that says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's out to get you. He's out to get me. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like the things that God's doing in this earth. He doesn't like the things that God's doing in this city. He doesn't like the things that God's doing in this county. He doesn't like the things that God's doing in your house. And he will do whatever he can to upset those things. You know, I'm meeting with a few pastors and, and have a couple times churches that are, that are similar to us that, that aren't just believing that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven, but believing that, that we are alive with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The charismatic group and some of those churches in this community and really, truly just getting together and just sharing and speaking the truth. The truth of the word, what we're believing, what we're believing to see in this, in this community, what we're believing to see in, in, in Lafayette and West Lafayette over at Purdue University, in the schools in this community, you know, the things that we talk about, about just God's spirit being poured out, that, that lives being changed, that miracles, signs, and wonders being, being performed and happening inside the church, outside the church as you and I go down the streets and go our ways and, and just teach the gospel, preach the gospel, and live the gospel everywhere that we go. And that we were just getting together and speaking those things well why is that important because it says in the word of god that the things that you speak you'll see the things that you speak the things that come out of your mouth you'll begin to see those things and that we focus not on the things that we see with our natural eyes and maybe the things that aren't going right there was a person who was there today as we were sharing and talking and and the, the first opportunity they had to share something were 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 maybe in the natural the truth You know, maybe if you thought about it with your natural mind, yeah, you probably would agree with what what that person was saying. Didn't go along with the direction we're going spiritually, didn't go along necessarily with what we believe in our heart to happen, but might be the things that, that that person has seen happen and feels like is going on right now in the natural. Well, that's great, but we don't live that way. See, we don't focus on that, we focus on the spiritual, we focus on the eternal, we focus on the things that God has spoken to us, we focus on the things that we wrote down in our little journals, we wrote the vision, we focus on the things that God's word says, we focus on the direction that God would have us to go, which means that those words and those things that, that are contrary to that are null and void, unless we open up our mouth and let them out. So as they started to come out in a nice and, and, and wonderful way, the person who was kind of leading the, the meeting as we were going and praying and doing those things just steered the conversation toward the positive. Have you ever had a chance to do that? Maybe somebody in your house or somebody that you're related to and it's everybody's got an uncle like that who has bad things to say about everything. Or maybe everybody has an aunt that wants to say bad stuff about everybody else in the family when you, and, and you have to talk to them and you dread that conversation. you know, Take charge of the conversation and begin to steer it toward the positive. Because like it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the enemy is out there like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And sometimes we're devoured by the fruit of our own lips. As we open up our mouth and we say something that's contrary to what we know God has said. If you're alive unto Christ and, and you know, you're following after the word, you're living your life the best you can to do what God's asked you and told you to do, when you're getting ready to say something like that, if you'll pay attention, I know God will speak to you. David said, you know, in the Psalms, he said, God, Lord, put a, put a guard over my mouth. And as you ask God to do that, be aware that when you begin to say the wrong thing, he will tell you that you've got to say the wrong thing. It won't be like, you're about to say the wrong thing. Doesn't do anything like that. But something on the inside of you says, oh, don't say that. Something on the inside of you kind of starts to pull on your heart and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, why is that? Because your words are important. We're in a fight. 2 Corinthians, if you look there in chapter 10, in verse 3, and we've been through these scriptures many times, but it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Well, that tells me if we're warring, see, you 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 don't get yourself into a war. You don't battle. You don't fight in situations that don't require it. He didn't say in this particular case that when you find yourself at war, do this. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. It says that we are in the middle of war, that we have been given weapons of our warfare that doesn't say like, okay, on Thursday, there's going to be some trouble. It really, truly is something that we, and we know when it starts getting tight because then we start watching our mouth. You know, we give ourselves some leeway many times, and then as it starts to get tight, we start to think better. And then as it starts to get tight, we start to try to act better. And then when it finally starts getting really tight, well, then we go to like the last thing. We start praying and we start speaking the right thing. But what happened when it was wide? We should be doing this all the time because we are at war. And it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into, into every thought, bringing every thought, sorry, into captivity to the obedience of Christ says that we cast down those arguments how many, have you ever been people who want to just argue and tell you how bad it is the enemy wants to argue with you and tell you how bad it is by the things that you see by the stuff that's going on by the things that you might feel in your body the enemy wants to tell you that all those things are real they're more real than what the word says why because i can touch them i can feel them, i can see them they're right here i can i know that pain it's been here for it's always here See, so begin to speak those things because you know them, you feel them. But we get to the point in our life as we mature in Christ that what the Word says is more important and what the Word says is more true than anything that we feel, see, or hear. Because this is how we live our life and this is how we lead our life. And so we get to that point. The Word of God, like we say in the beginning every time, is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple and it kind of is. The enemy is out to divide us. And not necessarily, and many times it is he wants to divide all of us and maybe get off the weak one on the side and begin to pray, you know, like the lions do with the zebras and all those kind of things, and you know the old story about the the two guys who were walking in the woods and they ended up finding a bear, and the bear turned around and gave it the old stand up growl with the big claws and the whole thing, and they turned around and started to run, and the one guy leaned down to start to tie his shoe, and he said, well, "Why are you tying your shoe you got to run." He said, well, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. I want to make sure my shoes are tied so that I can outrun you because I don't have to outrun the bear. If I get past you, you're the first one going down. In our lives, the enemy isn't just out to separate us as individuals from each other so that he can devour us. I believe that he's also out, and he uses the things that come out of our mouth. He plants those seeds. If we'll receive them in our heart, we shouldn't. We should let them pass on by, but we receive them in our heart. Then those things come out of our mouth. It it allows him to really truly separate us from God. He can't separate us from each other if we're walking in Christ unless he first separates us from the Lord. And Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together unless they be in unity? In the Message Bible, it actually says, how can two hold hands and go the same direction? Can you do that one? Can you put that up there, Jessica? I don't want to get it wrong. It's Amos 3.3. 3. How, how can two walk together unless they be in unity? Lest they be in agreement. And we're in agreement with God. And it says so, and we know so by the things that are coming out of our mouth. Can you do it... Uh, In the message, oh, I've got it on my phone. Hold on, I looked it up. There it is. Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? That's impossible. Have you ever been walking just so in love, just minding your own business and just doing that thing where you swing your arms and you're just, you know, having a great time? And then all of a sudden, she wants to go somewhere else (laughs) because there's a hat sale or a bag sale or a shoe sale in the window or whatever it might be. Maybe Todd smells a hot dog and that's it. He is out <laughs> as he walks down the road with Donna and he's, ooh, hot dogs. And he goes this way. Well, then what happens? You begin to go your separate ways. Somewhere along the way, you've got to let go of your hands. And so the enemy tries to bring us down this path in such a way that we end up letting go of our hands. But if we continue to stay lined up with the truth of the word of God, we continue to stay in unity with him, we continue to go to the direction that he wants us to go, and we do so hand in hand. The enemy doesn't have a chance, and he can't split us up, and he can't take us down that path. But we have to, and we have to make sure that we respond with the truth. We know the story of the 12 spies, and we don't have to turn there in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. But here's the situation. They were afraid that they were going to die. Really, truly, in the whole scheme of things, they knew the truth. They knew what God said. These were leaders. They weren't just people on the side of the road. These were folks who understand the vision. They understand what Moses was doing, how he was taking them out of that place and bringing them into the promised land. They understood the whole thing. But they were so afraid that they were going to die that they spoke out of their mouth that there was no way that they could prevail. The words that came out of their mouth really, truly, I believe, sealed their fate in the end. Because they spoke those words that said, it is impossible for us to make it. We can't get there. We can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. Even when when Caleb and, and Joshua said, no, 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 we can, we can, we can. They said, you know, basically, hush up, you two. You don't know what you're talking about. This is horrible, people. We're all going to die. Now, in the end, what happened to them? They all died. They didn't die of what they thought they were going to die from. See, they thought they were going to die from going into the promised land and being killed by all the people who were there that were bigger than them and had more than them and were stronger than they were. But really, truly, they still got what they spoke. It just didn't come the way that they thought. See, your seeds always return. And so those words that you speak are seeds, and we have to be careful. Be careful. David and Goliath, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. We've talked about them over the last few months many times. Why? Because I think it's encouraging to hear the fact that even in the face of danger, they spoke what was true. We say the word of God is truth. If we live the word, we will be blessed. If we don't, we won't. It's just that simple. And that, that's nice to say when we're all standing in here together. But when you're in that place or that doctor's office or you're, you're in that financial situation or you're in that, that argument with your boss or whatever that might be, And you're in those places and it's all coming against you, and you feel the pressure and the stress of the situation. Do you then still have the courage and the boldness to speak the truth of what he told you? To the truth that says, You're healed beyond a shadow of a doubt. You are healed by my stripes. Do you have the courage then to speak that out? Because David was standing in the face of Goliath, who was giant and he only had a sling, he had a few pebbles. But he still stood in front of that Goliath. He still stood in front of that giant. And he told him, You will not defile the children of Israel. You will not defile the God of the children of Israel. We will prevail today, and I will kill you and I will cut off your head because you have dared come against us. That as believers now in the New Testament, we have that kind of power, we have that kind of authority. Do we extend it in all those moments? jump up and down and we'll pound our fist and we'll confess and we'll, we'll, we'll go right along with what God is saying while we're in church and when things are going well, maybe at home. But when things begin to get shaky, when things begin to get rough, where do we go? You know, I was talking to somebody else today, earlier, earlier today, and, 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 and God had been, de- they just spoke this to me and it kind of spurred me toward heading this direction as, as God was kind of talking to me during the day. But, but this person had said, you know, uh, God's really been dealing with me, with my mouth and what I say. And uh, the reason that, that, that he said that was because he was getting ready to say something that wasn't, that wasn't probably nice, wasn't probably right, wasn't probably what he wanted, wasn't probably what he was believing for, was probably going down the wrong path, the wrong road, I could tell. And in the midst, just kind of started to say something and stopped. See, when you ask God to put a guard over your mouth and he begins to do that, you begin to know that's the wrong thing to say, Stop. And he stopped, and then he told me, yeah, God's been really dealing with me in this area that I make sure that all my confession, all the things that I'm speaking, all the things that I'm saying, not the scriptures that I'm reading about myself during the morning when I'm praying, not the things that I'm, I'm saying over my children as I'm praying for them that night, the scriptures that I'm rehearsing and reciting. We need to do all that. But in the middle of your day, when you're getting ready to say something about a, a situation, you're getting ready to say something about a person, you're getting ready to say something about where you're going or what's happening, that's the moment when we have to really be on guard and be careful and he just stopped and then he told me all of the what God was showing him and then he immediately just went right on into the right thing to say what he's believing for what he wants to see what he feels like God's best or God's will would be for that situation that we take the moment to stop and then go on Shadrach Meshach and Abednego were standing there in the same kind of situation pressure-packed fiery furnace not just a fiery furnace in the old testament but we face fiery furnaces in our lives We face situations that are coming against us that don't, doesn't look like there's a way out. Well, don't give up your confession to make a way out. Because just like the children of Israel, those spies that came in that moment, they gave up. See, they gave up their confession for what they thought was a way out, what they thought was going to be protection for them. And it actually, truly, in the end, cost them their life. So be careful. Make sure that we watch the things that we speak and the things that we say. I want to read this story out of the New Testament in Matthew in chapter 8. And it's the story of the centurion and his sick servant. And, it, you know, it, we know the story and we know how it all works. And as you go through and read it, it said the centurion answered and said, Lord, I, I am not, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. See, his, his, his servant is home and sick. And so the centurion, he, he went out to find Jesus. And when, when he found Jesus, he said, hey, I, I just want to tell you, you know, my, my servant at home is sick. But, but what he says to Jesus is, is really neat because he tells him, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come heal him. And he said, you don't have to come to my house. See, here he says, I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof, not come under my house. But only do what? Speak a word. But only speak a word, and I know that my servant will be made well, that he'll be healed. That's the kind of, now we think. well, this is Jesus. So, you know, I mean, we're not Jesus in this earth. But the same Holy Spirit that was alive in him, we talked about it on Sunday, that allows these kind of things to happen, that when he speaks those things, the creative power of the Holy Spirit goes into being, and this servant is made well, that same kind of Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. So the same way that Jesus spoke, we should be speaking. The same power, the same authority, the same direction, the same leading, the same guiding of God, and so as he begins to get in this situation, he's, now, now, now realize, he, 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 maybe you can't say Jesus was confounded, but I'm sure he was kind of like, no, whoa, whoa, I'll come, I'll come to your house. And he said, don't come to my house, just speak a word. He's like, whoa, well, whoa, where'd this guy come from? Because I've been hanging around with these guys who are wandering around following me all the time, and they can't understand anything about talking to anything. See, so he, he's got all these disciples who were wandering around with him, and when, when he's trying to show them things and tell them things, and, you know, he had to feed 4,000 and 5,000, and it's like, we, we just did this last, last week. Where were you boys? You know, he's constantly kind of going back. And now this guy comes out of the blue who says, hey, I understand authority. I understand what it means that I say to the ones who are under my command, you do this and you go that way and they do it and they go that way. And I say to another one, well, you go this way and they go this way. So I understand what it means when you're seated in the power of authority, when you have that presented to you, when you live in it, when you walk in it, when you speak things, they get done. That we as believers are seated with right hands at the right hand of God with, with G- Christ Jesus in heavenly places. We are sitting like we talked about on Sunday in a powerful place in a powerful position. So that when we speak things and when we say things, those things will go into those things will go into motion. So be careful what you say. Was it Midas, you know, with the touch? Who wanted to touch everything that was gold and touch himself or something? And he became gold. I don't know how it all went. I don't know all those stories, but you know, it's it's that idea. Be careful. Because the things that you speak, when they're positive, they're going, to, they're going to bring positive things, just like it says in Galatians chapter 6. But when they're negative, that same kind of power goes into operation in the other direction. You open up the, the door to the enemy, and the enemy, is, the enemy doesn't have any power or authority over you unless you open the door to him. And many times we do that with, with our mouth and with the things that we say. But he says to him, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say, go when he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to a servant, do this, and he doesn't. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and he said to those who followed assuredly i say to you i have not found such great faith even in all of israel i've not seen such great faith and he hung out jesus hung out with a lot of people he saw a lot of people but he said i haven't seen faith like this well what is it to us it's just i i i know the words the truth and we live the word i live the word i'll be blessed if i don't i won't it's just that simple it says i i know what the word says about me and i'm going to meditate the word i'm going to speak the word i'm going to live the word do the word of my life i'm going to make my way prosperous i'm going to have good success why? Because I'm a child of God, and I sit in, I sit in, in great seat next with Jesus in, in heavenly places, and I have power and authority, and it's been given to me. I have all the dominion and all the power. God told Adam to name the animals as Pastor Pam was talking about her sharing on Sunday. I, I don't think he did that in his head. I think he did that with his mouth. He began to speak those things. He said, whatever you call them, that will be their name. So there's power in the things that you speak. So don't call your, your little one uh, something, rather rather something. Call them little angels, blessed of the Lord. Well, you don't, you don't know mine. Well, it's a, I'm just telling you, you well, probably you've got to watch what you say. Because you begin to say the wrong thing, see, and you begin to see that happen. And I've shared that story before, and Elizabeth's a teacher, and, and Lori and Al, and you know, Julie's a teacher, and a lot of the times you, you hear those things from parents, You know, as they say those things about their kid, and you go, oh, that's why that kid's that way. Not because their parent's are that way, because their parents have been saying that thing about them. And so you begin to direct that conversation. I try to find something positive that says, this kid's, this kid's something positive, and let's focus here. And when mom says the wrong thing or dad says the wrong thing, I correct them and say, let's say this. And by the time they leave, we've practiced it two or three times and, you know, kind of run through the thing. And, and so next time this happens, this is what we're going to, you know, we're, we're believing this and we're saying this, and this is the direction it's going to go. Well, I'm the teacher. I must know what I'm talking about. And so really, truly, in your life, as you go out into places and you go out and you have opportunities, begin to speak that thing because you are an expert, you do know what you're talking about, you know the truth, and the truth sets people free, so begin to speak it. Understand the power and authority that you have and begin to speak it into the lives of the people who are around you. Begin to change it, just like Pastor Pam's been sharing a little bit on and off about Pastor Bill, speaking to the TV. That may sound odd or sound strange to some people, but really, truly, what he's doing is binding and loosing. He's binding the enemy and he's loosened God's power and his anointing and his will in those situations. He's speaking the things that he believes in his heart are true. The things that God has spoken, things of righteousness and all of those as he listens to all the political things and all the stuff going on in the world. And he does so and he doesn't don't do so worried about what people will think. We have to get past that idea of worrying what people would think. You know, Jesus is with the, with, with the man whose, whose daughter was dying, and he came to get Jesus in, in, in Mark, I think, in chapter 5. And it's right after, in the midst of the lady with the issue of blood story. You've got to get over what people think. Because in this particular story, if you go back there and you begin to read, it, it talks about him coming to get Jesus, the man anyway, coming to get Jesus. And, and, and he said, now when Jesus had crossed over uh, by boat to the other side in verse 21 of Mark 5, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus, by name. And he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So, Jesus, it says, went with him. And that's when the lady with the issue of blood came, and you know, she was fighting through the crowd, and all this was going down. And I'm sure you know, we've talked about it. J. Iris is like, Come on, man, we've got to get going. we got to get, you know, it's just good somebody's getting healed, but my daughter's sick, you know, and, and I, you were going to come, and you were going to take care of that. And my faith was in you coming to take care of that. And, and you know, it, I, I, I need you to come. And the lady gets healed, and all that stuff goes down, and, and, he, and everybody's excited about that. But it says, while he was still speaking in verse 35, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead, why trouble him anymore? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken... See, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, I, Jairus didn't speak it. Somebody spoke it to Jairus. But as that word, he was spoken that direction, Jairus, he heard them say that wrong thing to Jairus. And he understands and knows that Jairus's faith, Jairus' faith is in Jesus and his power and ability to do this. But what we have here now is a negative situation that's entered into a great positive. And so in, in that moment, in that place, and in that time, Jesus had to do something. You're in a lot of places like this and a lot of situations like this in your life where you are the positive thing on the scene and somebody else says a negative comment to someone, and it's about to affect that someone, then you have the power, you have the authority to begin to bind that thing, begin to change that thing, get that out of the way and speak the truth. Because this person may be in, the, in a moment of decision. This Jairus, man, his, his faith was in Jesus coming and touching, and now all of a sudden somebody told him his daughter's dead. At that moment, it could be a situation where all of a sudden his faith disappears. And all of a sudden, oh, my daughter's dead, and there's no use, and why would you even come now See, he's in, the, he's in this point of decision now where, where a, a negative word's been spoken. Jesus responds and says, don't be afraid, only believe. Only believe. And it says he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother, the brother of James. Then he came to the house, un, under the, uh, the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw tumult in those who had wept and wailed, and they were all crying, and the girl had died. And when he came in, he said to them, why is all this commotion? Why are you all weeping? And the child, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And I say, don't be afraid to speak what God tells you because of what people will say, what people will do, because here it goes on and it says, as Jesus even himself said, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. It goes on and it says, and they ridiculed him because he said that. See, people don't understand the truth of the word. People, don't, people who aren't following after the kingdom principles, people who don't have Jesus alive in their heart and their life, they, they don't understand that. It says so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, The natural mind does not understand the things of the Spirit because the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. The truth of the word of God makes sense to you and makes sense to I because we're living, we're living in the truth. We're following after him. Now, we're getting revelation. We don't know it all, but, but it makes sense to us. When we hear it on TV and Joyce is telling us, or we hear it in the, in the pulpit, or we hear it at an offering message, or wherever it might be, that, that makes sense to us. Why? Because we're alive to Christ, but it doesn't make sense to those who aren't. That's why they came. They ridiculed Jesus. Why? It didn't make any sense to them that the girl was asleep. They was, the girl was dead. They were there. They saw it go down and they saw it happen. But it said he put them all outside. He didn't want to listen to him. He didn't want to hear their ridicule. He only wanted faith in the room. And he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, and he entered the child's room. That's when he said, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And it says, immediately the girl arose and walked. In the Message Bible, in that same passage of Scripture in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 14 and 15 in the Message, it says, the unspiritual self... Just is, just uh, sorry, just as it is by nature, cannot receive the gifts of God's Spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. See, people, that's probably that's silly. Why do you say that? See, it doesn't make any sense when you begin to speak the truth. When you begin to speak what the Word says about your children. When somebody, and maybe it is a teacher who's not as as wonderful as as all of of us, you know, as we you know. Maybe it is a teacher who says, Well, why, you know, you're on the other side, you're the parent, and they're the teacher, and they're t- the teacher's telling you how bad the kid is. And you're trying to tell them how good the kid is. And they're like, I, I see it all, it's not. And then you say, No, this is, what I, this is what I. They say, You're silly. Why do you even believe that? See, then the truth doesn't make sense to them. They don't understand. It says the, 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 the spirit or the self, the unspiritual self, just can't receive the gifts of, of God. There's no capacity, it says. They seem like so much silliness, the spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit in our spirits, an open communication or open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access, it says, to everything God's spirit is doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. That we can't be, we can't be, we shouldn't be judged by unspiritual critics. It's not somebody who's saying to you, no, I don't think that's biblically sound. It's somebody who's saying to you, you're a loony. You're nuts. You're crazy. See, that when you come into the room and things are, you know, they, they, they want to ridicule you for the things that you say, the things that you speak that don't line up with what they see. But I'm telling you what, when their kid's in trouble and their kid's in the hospital, they want you to pray and they want you to speak. Why? Because they need help. And they'll take help from any crazy situation that would make it better. They'll take dolls and do all, I and mean, they'll do anything to make it better if that's the case. But make sure you're not persuaded by the, by the faces. You're not persuaded by what people say. You're persuaded by what the Spirit of God has spoke to you in your heart. And that's what we speak. doesn't matter how authoritative the other person is. Doesn't matter doesn't matter how much, they, how much they know or where they sit or what they do. It matters what the Word of God says, what His Holy Spirit's told you. Those things that you've written down and that you've stood by and haven't seen, keep speaking them. The things that you speak this month might be the reason why you see it next month. To the things that you've spend oh, I've said it for the last five years, well, then you better say it six years because if God said it to you and you keep saying it and you haven't seen it, that means it's just around the corner and it's about to happen. keep saying it. If I go down, I'm going to go down speaking the truth. going to go now not giving somebody a piece of your mind kind of truth. <laughs> I should have put that in there. Not just to, not to speak and not to speaking I've heard some people say this you know I, that's, that's kind of the way I roll. I kind of just lay, lay it all out there. I just tell them the truth. Well, okay, as long as it's the truth of the word. As long as it's the truth of what the spirit of God's telling you, not just what you see as the truth. That's not much different than saying the girl is dead, not alive anymore. That was the truth in the natural. See, in the natural where they sat and for what they knew at that time and in that moment, that was true because she wasn't breathing anymore. It wasn't the truth and it wasn't eternal. See, the thing that was eternal was she was was sleeping. She was about to live again. She was about to wake up but they didn't know that they weren't alive under the truth speak the truth are you speaking the things that aren't seen so think about your language and think about your words you know maybe you can't go back today and think about all of them but you know in, in the next you know few days think about the words take take a poll of, of what you're speaking during the day i know it might sound odd but, you know, like make a little good poll and bad poll or whatever it might be. But, but you know, kind of take a poll of what you're speaking. Are you speaking the things that you see? Are you speaking the things that, that you know are true in the natural? Are you speaking the things that you feel in your body? Are you speaking what you see in the checkbook? Or are we speaking the things that we want to see? Because the things that we see are temporal. They're subject to change. But the things that we don't see are eternal. Now, let me tell you this. The things that you see can dictate what you say. You just don't say what they are. You say what you want them to be. See, the things that, yeah, yeah, it is true. Your body's not doing well and it's hurting, but that doesn't mean that you describe that pain, you describe that hurt, and this is what you are. It says, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. This just tells me, in this moment, this is what I need to say. I need to say the truth, the word. So are you speaking? Are we spending our time? Are we spending our energy? Are we spending the words that we have available to us on speaking the things that we see in the natural or the things that we want to see? By the spirit are we talking to speaking about and headed toward the things that are unseen that's important because there's power in our tongue and we'll, we'll finish with this as, as, we, as we go tonight Proverbs 18 and Jessica put it up there here in Proverbs 18 verse 20 Says that death and life Are in the power of the tongue And those who love it Will eat its fruit I've been going to church for a long time and I just haven't seen any of that stuff happen and it's just, that's impossible and it doesn't work and it's not worth anything and I'm telling you, I'm done going. (laughs) None of that good stuff ever happens to me and nothing but bad stuff happens. That doesn't sound like a lot of good confession. That doesn't sound like, see and it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and them who love it will eat its fruit. Well, it's the fruit. In verse 20, it says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. See, be careful, because the things that you're speaking, you're either speaking apples, or you're speaking something else. We don't want to, you know? I mean, are you speaking something good? Because you're you're eating, the things that you speak are seeds. You're eating that stuff. Are we speaking the other side of things? You know, is it the dung type stuff that's coming out? Don't let this year, as far as your vocabulary, don't let this year, as far as your confession, don't let this year, as far as the words that you've been speaking, don't let it be like they were maybe last year. Even if they were good last year, let them be better this year. Why? Why? because we want this year to be better. We want this year to be different. We want it to be greater than it was last. So we have to pay more attention to all the things that we're thinking and all the things that we're saying and all the things that we're doing. Doesn't it seem like the, the more you grow with Christ, the less slack you get cut? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I was 90%. Now i got to be 95. Yep, and the next year, 96. And the next one, 97. And Keep growing. Because I don't know that any of us are 95, really. (laughs) Jesus knew this in Mark in chapter 11. And again, you know, the centurion, you know, he, he, he was just a guy, man. He, he wasn't even like a, it didn't even say he was following Jesus. It didn't even say that, that, you know, he'd been walking with him or been reading anything about him in the papers or, you know, he didn't even know anything from the news. He, he just said he went to find Jesus because if he could find Jesus, he knew that this guy had some power. And if he spoke, it would be done somehow in all the things that Jesus did, somehow in all the things that maybe he read in the law, who knows how he understood it, who knows where he got it. But somewhere in all of that, he came up with a foundational truth man that was powerful and jesus said that's great faith that we speak the right things about Joshi. that he's a man of god who's growing up and going to be all that god created him to be that he is powerful you know that he's i'm telling you get a list I man you just that's all we speak You've done it. You've been in those meetings where I'm supposed to tell you all the other stuff. And you've got to find the thing. See, why? Because this, this could be this. I mean, you're speaking about your kid. You're speaking about your, your, your kid. You're speaking about your grandkid. You're speaking about your niece, your nephew, whoever that might be. Man, you want those words to be, to be right. You want them to be life. You want them to be powerful, headed in the right direction. And the centurion got it, he understood it. And these disciples, they continue to follow Jesus, and they're learning. But as he comes to the fig tree, he speaks to the fig tree out of his mouth. There is power in your words. The things that you speak, those will be the things that you fill your life with. The power, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And Jesus said to this fig tree, let nothing grow from you ever again, you're cursed. And then as they came back, you know, that's in the beginning of the story. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12. But then in verse 20, it says, now in the morning as they passed back by, they saw the fig tree had dried up from the roots. Whew. Now we think, you know what, you know, when we look at situations in our life, and you could probably pick a few of them where you've said the wrong thing long enough, and now you see that you've said it long enough, and that it, ha- you know, you see it kind of happen, and you're starting to draw a correlation. Like, oh, man, I need to change the things that I'm saying about that, because really, truly, when I come to my senses, I'm kind of seeing that stuff happen. Well, how about the next day? See, how about, you know, you say that and then you come back by a day, a day or two later and you see it done. You see what he said, done. And what he tries to, to, to share with the disciples is, you know, in verse 22, have faith in God. Come on, fellas, listen. That's where verse 23 comes in. And he says to them, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever doesn't think about this mountain, whoever doesn't, see, it's, Whoever says to this mountain, that says there's power in your words. There's power in the things that you say. There's power in the things that you believe, yes. There's power in the things that you do, yes. I mean, you you are walking in his dominion and authority. But there are power. See, there are powerful things in the words that you say. Power. Because he says, "Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe that those things that you say will be done, and he will have whatever he says. Have you ever been in those positions and you said something and somebody said, Really? And you go, Oh, no, I didn't mean that. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And somewhere those words came out of your mouth, you've been meditating them somewhere. So yes, it does take meditation. Meditating the word of God transforms your life, it changes you. Because out of those meditations, out of those thoughts, come words. And those words are important because they team with your thoughts and they team with your words and they become actions in your life. Because you know very well that there are things in your life that you thought you would never do. You thought there were things in your life, you know, lines, boundaries, that you would never cross, I'm not just talking about words, or I'm, I'm just saying in your life there were things that you really truly knew you would never do, you wouldn't go there. Whether it was stealing, whether it was drugs, whether it was acting. I mean you knew you wouldn't go there. I had a couple of kids and one of, the, one of the older brothers got in trouble at school from drinking and the little brother thought he was so stupid that he could throw away all that he was throwing away by going out and partying a little bit on the weekends. He got caught, he ended up couldn't play sports, those kind of things. The brother was so mad, the little brother was so bad he wanted to beat him up. Because he thought he was so stupid. And how could you do that? And I would never do that. And two short years later, he was, he was on, the shoe was on the other foot. Now that didn't happen just because. That didn't happen because one night. That happened because somewhere along the line, he took a thought. That boy went from being adamant that that wouldn't happen in his life to somewhere taking a thought. Then that thought somewhere along the line became words. And then those thoughts and those words somewhere along the line became actions. Don't let it get to actions. Fix your words fix your words in Joshua it says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night and that you would observe to do according to all that is written and in that way and in that time and in that moment you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success that's what we want that's what we want in our life and the recipe is right there for us the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth don't let it Continue to speak the word. Speak the truth. Don't give up and don't give in to what you see with your eyeballs, what you feel with your flesh, what you hear with your ears. Be led by the Spirit of God and line up with what He's saying. Speak the things that He's speaking to you. Speak the things that He promised you into existence in this world. It'll happen. Amen? Let's stand up together and let's pray. Praise God. It's good stuff. God is good.